Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can listen to our Warn Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Warn Radio is on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. Be sure not to miss the following posts of our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows on Dana Glenn Smith and Warren-USA.com. Technology. Building God Technology. Building God. Who or what is your God? On DanaGlennSmith.com. Last Day's Deception Ever Learning. Lord of the Sabaoth Vindicated <clears throat> Coup d'etat Descent America's Foibles On Warren-USA.com Anti-Christian Persecution Classic at Warren Radio Series Faith Accesses Grace Book of Romans Part 9 on Sound the Shofar Work of Righteousness, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 82 on Battle Lines. And you don't want to miss the following WIBR Warren Radio shows from September 13th through the 15th. Wednesday's Advocacy Show, Revelation, Morocco, On the Front Lines, Laos, Speed the Gospel, Spread the Gospel, Advocacy on Warren Radio. Thursday's show, Defiled with Blood, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 188 on Battle Lines. And Friday, Kingdom War and the Coming King, War with the Lamb, Part 3 on Sound the Shofar. And be sure to get your copy of The, Christ of the Rising. <coughs> The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. There's danger and intrigue. Dark forces are plotting. The nation is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? And you can get your copy of The Rising by going to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Ingram and Google Play has the ebook of the rising. 
And you can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglennsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now, I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to be here again tonight, this week. I'm glad that we're able to still get on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You can never tell. Yeah. Around here. Well, that's for sure. I mean, that's the way it is these days. And, uh, you know, it, it would really help, you know, if this nation would repent. Yes, it would. <clears throat> At any rate, welcome to the show, everybody. We've got a lot of stuff going on, but up front, we're going to talk about a coup d'etat. So I'm going to do this, Tower. Okay. Coup d'etat, dissent, America's foibles. Now, when I say coup d'etat, you may be thinking about a coup d'etat over because of Biden. Excuse me. But this is about an article that I wrote, and it takes you up and center into the nation we call America today. And so, you know, when you look back on something, we have a tendency to say, well, Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you you always look back, and you can see what you did wrong, so you say, well, you know, this is what we should have done. So we say hindsight is twenty twenty. However, foresight, looking ahead, is not twenty twenty. Not even close. And I write... in the first portion of this, but in current circumstances, they are blinded and cannot comprehend the path they are on is dangerous. Now you see, this one is trying to tell you something. 
Hindsight is twenty twenty, but in current circumstances, they're blinded. In other words, they don't know what's going on, or they're not paying attention, and they can't comprehend the path that they're trying to take is dangerous. Kind of like Biden and his administration, and some say Obama's back there, who knows, they can't comprehend how dangerous it is. Leaving, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the borders wide open is about as stupid as you can get. But, you know, the problem of it is there exists an American propensity to have America's foibles thrust upon the whole nation. Now, to explain that, here we define the foible as a minor weakness or eccentricity in someone's character. So when you have somebody as president that has a minor weakness, or in this one a real big weakness, or even have a weakness plus being a little eccentric, and so in this case, it takes up America with a systemic weakness in the nation itself. And as this persists, the nation, you know, is weakened, aggravated daily, and also can even be propelled by social media fake news and lies, just making it worse. Mm -hmm. That's true. So when we say coup d'etat dissent America's foibles. Welcome to America's foibles, a small quirk or idiosyncrasy that has moved this nation away from its traditional moorings. Now, when I say small quirk or idiosyncrasy, that is <clears throat> one of those kind of words and phrases I use to just tell you how screwed up things are. Because a small quirk or an idiosyncrasy does not describe what Biden and his Democrats have done to America. So continuing, the danger of any person is that in their blindness they see perfectly. I mean, you know, they do. It is here between the morbidity of it is idiocy and the sheer determination of people to elude the truth that wars begin. Now, of course, we're in the middle of a war in America right now. We got a couple of them going on. Not of guns and bullets but of beliefs. And then we got a war over the border. America, which was born and bred out of the bloodshed of those Americans who saw to it that as a nation and a people, America must not align themselves with the heavy burden of government and the rule of tyrants. And that's exactly what people seek to bring America back into. It was America who fought England for freedom's sake. 
Today we ask, shall this nation once again be taken captive by the same evil which America broke free from? How shall a people stand if in the sway of political correctness and in the pride of their own souls they do not see the enemy before them? For they say, I looked and wondered where the enemy was. But as I saw, so saw I that indeed that we are that enemy. Hmm. Now, Matthew Mead was a Puritan preacher in the 17th century London. Now, he wrote in Almost Christian Discovered these words. The heart of man is the greatest impostor and cheat in the world. God himself states it, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. And that's what's the matter with America, the heart of man. Yes, amen. Now John Adams wrote to the officers of the 1st Brigade, Brigade of the 3rd Division of the Militia of Massachusetts in 1798. He writes, but should the people of America once become capable of that deep simulation uh, towards one another and towards foreign nations, which assumes the language of justice and moderation while it is practicing iniquity and extravagance and displays in the most captivating manner the char charming pictures of candor, frankness, and sincerity, while it is rioting, rioting in rapine and insolence. This country will be the most miserable habitation in the world because we have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. In other words, they are immoral. Boy, isn't that the truth? We see that today. And so that, and you, and I just read part of it, and you can go on over to our website and read Coup d'etat, Descent America's Foibles, on DanaGlennSmith.com, D-A-N-A-G-L-E-N-N, Smith, S-M-I-T-H, dot com. DanaGlennSmith.com Now moving on. You know, I've seen this, and this comes from International Christian Concern. And they started a program, the International Christian Concern did, and that program was the Hope House. And it came about because there was a very big problem in educating children overseas, uh, especially in Muslim countries where Christian kids are denied quality education. Now, the culture in Muslim nations tells anybody that is not a Muslim that they will be forever second-hand or second-class citizens. And so with the help of Hope House and the Ministry of International Christian Concern, 
They provide an opportunity for a better life. Now, in many persecuted nations, Christian parents pull their children out of school around the age of 10. Now, because of poor education these children receive and the challenges that they're going to face once they grow up, the parents are trying to prepare their children for the harsh world that awaits them. Now, the one thing good about Hope House, and you can go on over to their websites, persecution.org, and um, it provides these students with supplemental classes like literature, social studies, mathematics, discipleship, and Bible classes. And, and I think this is one of the best things that you can do. You take these little kids and you give them something to stand on. And it's very, very important to do that. But they write, sadly, it is a rational decision for them to cut the child's education short. Yet, despite their good intentions, this decision continues a cycle of generational poverty. And so they write, in conclusion, through your support, we educate these children through ICC's Hope House program, and the results are undeniable. Yeah, and that's good to have that program to help those people. And so we just children. ask you to take a look at the Hope House Ministry over on ICC, International Christian Concern, at persecution.org. Take a look at their ministries. And if you can help out financial means, do it. If you can't and it's too much, pray for them. But we, we have to work while it's day. And there's a lot of things facing America right now that if it doesn't change, America is going to be the worse for it. And what will happen is in the end, you know, we, we may even cease to exist. And because of that, the money going into a lot of these Christian ministries won't be forthcoming. So pray for America too and pray for the many... You know, there's a lot of revivals. We need more revivals in this country because we desperately need to be able to support these ministries overseas. And it's not just international Christian concern. We have a big list of people that of these kind of ministries that we report on. And they all need your help and your prayers. Are you ready, Tower? Yes. This story comes to us out of Pakistan. And a Pakistani pastor was shot. He was... Um, a pastor was shot and wounded by hardline Muslims on Sunday evening, September 3rd, in 
Jaranawala, Pakistan, a week after Islamic slogans were written on the walls of his church building. The Reverend Eleazar, pastor of a Presbyterian church in the village, in the um, Jaranawala um, district, Falazabad district, said the assailants ordered him to recite the Islamic creed before shooting him. He returned. He was returning home when an assailant, after pastoral visits, with an assistant, after pastoral visits to a church members, when two bearded men stopped his motorcycle near the bus stop. One of the attackers pulled out a pistol and asked me to recite the Islamic Confession of Faith. Pastor Eleazar stated that in the first information report filed at the police station, when I refused and instead started to recite the Apostles' Creed, the man opened fire, resulting in a bullet wound on the upper half of my shoulder. And the assailants fled after the attack. And the unknown persons on, on unknown persons on August twenty eighth had vandalized the walls of his church with Islamic slogans that translated into English, read Muhammad is Allah's last prophet. Here I am at your service, O Messenger of Allah, and um. Vicky is cursed, referring to the 34-year-old pastor's nickname. I was conducting early morning prayers in the church when a female member informed me that someone had smeared the church walls with Islamic slogans. We immediately called the police, who got the walls whitewashed in their, in their officer's presence. I also registered a case against the unknown vandals. Pastor Eleazar said he had received threats after police helped him remove the graffiti. And three days later, when I was returning home after picking up my son for, from school, we were stopped by some unidentified bearded man. They threatened me, saying that I will be deleted from the world in the same manner in which I had removed the graffiti from the church walls. He said the man who opened fire on him on Sunday was among those who had threatened him. And the pastor said that four Presbyterian churches were among the 21 church buildings that were attacked by Muslim mobs in Jaranawala on August 16th. After two Christian brothers were accused of desecrating the Quran, and we've reported on that story, my congregation was Already fearful after the attacks in various colonies in Jaranawala, but they panicked when our church walls were vandalized on August 28th. He said, however, the timely intervention of the police and deployment of personnel had instilled some sense of security in the village. Minority Alliance Pakistan Chairman Advocate Akmal Badi condemned the attack on Pastor Eleazar, saying it had increased fear among Christians in the Fazalabad district. I can't say that name. We thank God for saving the pastor's life. The doctors had removed the bullet after a successful operation on Sunday night. Eleazar is out of danger now, although he has lost a lot of blood.
And you know, this has caused a lot of tense tension in the village after the vandalism of the church. And so this is, these people need prayer. They do. And the police have deployed some personnel there for security. But they demand stern action against the perpetrators behind these incidents. You know, it's going to keep going on, Dana. It's not going to stop. They'll find another reason to attack the church and the people. Yeah, and there's no doubt it's been going on for a long time. It's a crying shame. You know, and... You know, you don't really hear a thing out of the U.N., out of America even. You know, we used to have presidents in there and people that would actually say something against this. But, you know, the only thing that's on the mind, some of our leaders, you know, is... To see how far they can go to destroy America. And, and that's really what's going on here. They're trying to destroy and overthrow it. Yes, they are. And so, you know, we see this kind of upside down world everywhere today. And we're going to be going to... Uh, Nargano uh, Karabakh. Now, this was in the news, and we had already planned to cover it because things over in Nargano uh, Karabakh is not doing good. And this one was brought to us by BarnabasAid.org. So go over to BarnabasAid.org. You can see about, you know, if you feel led to help them out. And so we encourage on every one of these stories, check out the ministries. See if they, if you can do something to help out these people. Now, they're calling on the UK Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, or Sunak. And uh, the senior Christian leaders are trying to prevent the genocide of 120,000 Armenian Christians in Nagorno-Karabakh. And of course, you know, now this, they're not, uh, now I think they're getting ready to have an armed conflict or go in there, but uh, this one is not about an armed conflict, the, the letter that they wrote. It's about preventing a genocide of all these Armenian Christians in this uh, war-torn area of Nargono. And uh, they believe a genocide would occur. And that would happen because a mass starvation is likely to be coming in the coming months. Now, you can, you can imagine if you're starving and there's a war going on, you can't get out because of that war. And you need to get out to get food. No food's coming in. You can't get out. You starve to death. That's horrible. Yeah. It's been going on for almost 10 months. Yeah. And so it, as Azerbaijan is the one doing the blockade 
and this particular uh, corridor is called the Laching or or the Lachin Corridor. I'm not sure which way they pronounce this. And it's the only land route into where these Christians live. I think they also call that the road of life. Yeah, I think you're right. And so... That's sad. It's very disturbing. Now, the letter was signed by Bishop Hovakim Manukian, the primate uh, of the Armenian Church of the UK, Ireland, and ten other senior church leaders. The letter described the conditions inside Nargano, and it's cut off from receiving food, medicine, gas, and other vital supplies. Hospitals are severely affected and cannot carry out planned surgical procedures. Miscarriages and stillbirths have risen by a reported 30%. Malnutrition is widespread and cases of death by starvation are being reported. All evacuations of the critically ill have been suspended and dialysis machines stand idle for want of necessary blood products. Warning that widespread starvation is intimate, the church leaders add, our fears are also increasing for the lives of the 30,000 children and pregnant women affected by this unjustifiable and intolerable situation. And the letter pleads, Prime Minister, we urge you and His Majesty's government to take decisive action to open the Lacan Corridor to prevent the genocide of the population of Nargano-Karabakh. Oh, I hope so. And it's quite a long letter. But pay attention. You know, pray that the Lord would heal uh, you know, this situation that he would make a way for the church leaders and all those there that someone will listen. Amen. And we pray that uh, the brothers and sisters in the Lord will remain strong and continue their love, but they need food. They need help. They're desperate. So, Dear God, undertake yes. them. Now, they have stated again, a former prosecutor of the International um, Criminal Court said, starvation is the invisible genocide weapon. Without immediate dramatic change, this group of Armenians will be destroyed in a few weeks. The Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention has a red flag alert for genocide about the current situation and Genocide Watch was issued as a genocide warning in early September. Of last year. Yeah, of last wow. year. So... And so they go back to the 12th December of last year. 120,000 Christian Armenians, elderly people, women, and 30,000 children 
have been severed and the consequences of the devastating blockade imposed by Azerbaijan in violation of the terms of the ceasefire agreement signed in November 2020 by Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Russia, which ended the 44-day war of that year. So apparently they don't... Uh, Now, this is signed Bishop Hovakim, primate of the Armenian Church of the United Kingdom, Ireland, and Pontifical Legate. And I like the scripture, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Amen. Matthew twenty five forty. And, you know... This is why we're in advocacy for the persecuted church. So we urge, if you're listening or listen to this broadcast, that you will pray for these believers, for the Lord to deliver them. Yes, amen. You know, people do that, you know, in war. Just let them starve. Yeah, that's sad. That's unbelievable. And then, of course, you get into a situation where they say we're going to have massive starvation anyway because of no food. And, and that's because uh, the woke climate change people have taken over the governments of men and they have uh, decided that they're shutting down uh, all the farms they're getting rid of all the meat. I mean, they're stupid. Yes, they are. I've never seen such a more blinded, ignorant, retarded, stupid uh, policy as being urged by the WEF, Klaus Schwab, and others who were of his ilk. But uh, Klaus Schwab runs the World Economic Forum and he has a lot of people, you know, from America. He's got people that are Republicans and Democrats, both on his list, and they go over there. And we have, you know, almost every major nation has been part of his economic forum, and he's urging, you know, people. Well, about a week ago, he came out and said that, uh, you know, to have all the nations subject to the WEF. I mean... Give me a break. We're not going to be subject to you. That's right. We have a constitution. You know, matter of fact, your policies are idiotic. So at any rate, there's a lot of troubles, folks. A lot of things on the, on the thing here. And we're not talking about just these people starving. You know, you're going to have mass, mass starvation in the world if if these knuckleheads go through with what they're trying to do. And that's why you have people um, like Trudeau in Canada and others, and that's why you have uh, states in America like California, New York, and others, because they all adhere to the same kind of philosophy and so they just soon kill all the meat and, you know, and feed you bugs. That's what Klaus Schwab says. But Klaus Schwab doesn't have a clue here. 
He thinks he does. So at any rate... He's messing around with the wrong God, I'll tell you. You know, sometimes I, I just cannot believe how stupid people are that are leaders. <laughs> Me either. You know? And I don't think much of Klaus Schwab. I seen a picture of him one time a long time ago on a beach somewhere where he lives. And he was totally naked I'm except... I'm glad for, I didn't see that. Yeah, except he has one little piece of cloth over where his penis is. His private. And he had a bow tie on. That's the other thing. He had a bow tie on. Around his neck. He's just out and out pure evil and wicked. Yeah. Not even worth talking about. And so these are the things. These are the leaders. You know, you may not like it, but they're the leaders. You know, they got the whole of the UK and the EU listening to this knucklehead. You know, where are the brains? Where's common sense? Well, it went out the door a long time ago. Dear God in heaven, help us. <coughs> Now we're talking about Russia's war in Ukraine. Now the reason I brought this out is Forum 18. This is via forum18.org. Now Forum 18 is uh, a little ministry. It actually has quite a bit of influence. And they deal with a lot of different things. And they, I think it's over in the EU, I'm not sure which country that they exist in, but. So they're talking about a St. Petersburg court jailing a 55-year-old I can't even say the name, so I'm not going to. Lon Kermoko. Oh, so you're going to try? Kermoy Revolt. <laughs> that is probably okay. Now wrong. this is so they jailed him for three years and banned him from posting on the internet for two years for distributing false information about the Russian armed forces. <laughs> His is the second known prison term for opposing Russia's war against Ukraine from a religious perspective. Now, this is why I'm bringing it up. We've covered this before. Not this story. But Russia has an ongoing policy. You know, if you oppose a war from a religious perspective, and most of them are Christians because Muslims fight a war of jihad anyway. So it doesn't cover them. And, of course... This 55-year-old is an Orthodox priest. And he condemned Russia's renewed invasion of Ukraine on his YouTube channel. And he got a three-year sentence. And, of course, they called it false information about the Russian armed forces. And so he's the second one that they know of who got a jail term 
to punish him for posing the war. Yeah, that's crazy. And the other guy got a seven-year prison sentence. Now, this this particular um, priest on his... He has 60 videos on his <laughs> YouTube channel. Um, he argues that all Christians should oppose the invasion, accused Russian troops of committing crimes, and stated that the evaders would not go to heaven. <laughs> you know... So they had an investigative and he could receive altogether a 10 years in prison. That's terrible. He wrote in an open letter. Yeah. That it it so happens that I have experienced the SVO, which stands for Special Military Operation, the official term for Russia's invasion of Ru Ukraine as a personal tragedy, because on both sides of the conflict, people of the same blood and the same faith are opposing each other, often parishioners of the same Orthodox Church. Friar Loan wrote in an open letter on the free Loan, whatever his telegram channel on 31, 31st of May, like any normal person, and even more so as a Christian, I wanted to do everything in my power so that this conflict would end as soon as possible and peace would come. That would be amazing. Yeah. A little, you know, does videos, he does social media. Yeah, I'll tell you, a lot of these people don't like social media. And they don't like everybody having free speech. And so if America goes south, you're not going to find the free speech on it you did have. I can guarantee it. Because we've seen the writing on the wall for a long time now. Yep. And we've been warning America to repent. And we've been standing up against this stuff. But, you know, what we're doing today is bringing you the persecuted church. We're letting you know who to support, who to send your money to, these ministries. And we don't get any money for this. This is just a freebie. So, you know, this is the reason we're doing it. We advocate for the persecuted church. We do not charge to be an advocate. We're, you know, this is done because we're doing it under the least of these, our brethren. And there is so much evil, so much wickedness, even in America. So while you can, support these people with what you can. And there's already forces that have been trying to reduce the ability of farmers to plant. So there is a devastating um, famine and probably pestilence in the future for the world. Because we, you know, many of us believe that we are in the very end of days and that we're going to see the second coming of Christ to this earth. 
So make no mistake, these are very, very perilous times, but keep the faith in everything you do. Yes, amen. Okay, you ready? Yes. Nigerian Christian Martyrs. And this comes to us via persecution.org, International Christian Concern. And in Nigeria, of the 5,500 Christians who were killed last year because of their faith, 90% were Nigerians, according to Crux and the International Society for Civil Liberties and Rule of Law. An NGO headquartered in eastern Nigeria, and additionally, InterSociety reported that over the past 14 years, 52,252 people have been killed in Nigeria for their Christian faith. You know, Dana, that's about the size of the town we live in, 52,000, maybe a little more. But you know, that's a lot of people. That, that is, you think about it that way, that is Yeah, it is. It's astronomical. a lot of people. It is. It is. And Nigeria's constitution forbids the federal and state governments from establishing a state religion, forbids religious prejudice, and guarantees people's right to free to freely choose, practice, spread, or modify their faith. While this de declaration may seem outwardly beneficial for Christians, Megan Meter from Alliance Defending Freedom and her organization has had cases where Christians have been hauled in front of Sharia courts without jurisdiction and accused of crimes like apostasy, which is not supposed to be a crime in Nigeria. The danger Christians face in Nigeria ranges from individuals to families, community, and government. Despite its efforts as proven through the Constitution, Nigeria fails to protect its population of approximately 108.3 million Christians, roughly half of its total population. The facts contribute to ICC's push for the United States to designate Nigeria as a country of particular concern in its, in its upcoming religious freedom designation for 2023. Over the past 20 years specifically, Nigeria has faced increased violence against Christians, particularly in the northern region of the country, and despite its apparent lack of recognition in the United States due to a failure to designate it as a country of particular concern, Nigeria is widely regarded as the world's most persecutor of the world's worst persecutor of Christians. Just unbelievable that that can go on. But look what's going on here. You know, with our Constitution, they don't listen to it. It's wicked. It is. It's, you know, and we've heard this before from these countries. On and on. That they've had their Constitution that protects freedom of religion. But uh, many times the Christians are still oppressed and thrown in prison, many times not doing anything. And uh, so now we're in Colombia. 
And this comes from globalchristianrelief.org. Now, Colombia is supposed to be 94% Christian. That's pretty much a majority. But the problem you have is that in Colombia, trafficking, gangs, political turmoil is also a big issue. Not to mention the drugs that the cartels are trying to take out of there, trafficking drugs and other things. So if you're a Christian, you can be a target. Why? Because you're a Christian. You're not going to steal, you're not going to kill, you're not, you know, you don't do those things. Well, the cartel, guerrilla groups, and gangs carry major influence as drugs are a major part of Colombia's economy. And of course, it's kind of hard to say that uh, you're all 94% Christian when you're growing coca leaf. Yeah. Coca is a plant used to create cocaine and is vastly grown throughout Colombia. So lives become threatened when Christian leaders speak out against these gangs and their activities. Countless believers have experienced extreme violence at the hands of these groups, and I'll bet they do. Oh, yes. But this is, uh, you know, what this is, this is the church in Colombia. And, of course, there'd be a lot of Catholic churches down there. Now, here's a bishop, Bishop Rubin, knows the violence and intimidation of these groups firsthand. He's on alert after three religious leaders have already been murdered in Colombia. And he knew he had to be careful with what he said publicly about such groups. And so... His commitment, though, to his faith demanded that he speak out. And so, if you're in an area where the cartel has a very high influence, then the community will feel the impact of that detrimental aspect. And so... Bishop Rubin saw the fear in his community and demanded the cartels leave. The choice almost cost him his life. Cartels arrived at his doorstep and commanded him to stop his message. His community heard about the cartels' interference and many became afraid to even attend church. Now see, that's Columbia. Yeah, that's terrible. Now, David Curry, who is the president and CEO of Global Christian Relief, says the situation for followers of Jesus in Colombia is deteriorating very rapidly, especially in the countryside. For example, Christian farmers in Colombia who refuse to grow the cocoa leaf face some of the most intense persecution in the world, death by drug cartel. We need to stand with persecuted Christians in Colombia, he says. 
through prayer and support and let them know they are not alone. The church is primed to be an anchor for these communities, a refuge from the violence and corruption, a place of healing. And he cites 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. And so we pray for Bishop Rubin and yes. the many Christians facing persecution in Colombia. We pray, Father, that you would still peace and joy and love in their hearts and not fear. For you have not given them a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Surround them with your protection and help them to live a life for you in these areas. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Eret Eritrea. Now, it's amazing, you know, how some of these all are coming up. And uh, we've talked about Eritrea quite not, often. And not, I don't think it was too long ago either. So, Mission Network News ran an article. That's mnnonline.org. mnnonline.org. That's Mission Network News. And in this particular article, they write, For more than 20 years, the government of Eritrea has persecuted Eritrean evangelicals. And right now, at least 220 are languishing in prisons with terrible living conditions. And the ones we reported on, these were the ones that were in that without um, uh, a, a, you know, a going before a judge or anything. And so some of these prisoners in shipping containers. That's can, terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, and, the, and this is Eritrea. This is out in the middle of the Africa. And so there's no food and sanitation. And they can fall to threats like COVID-19. Oh, yeah, that would be... Real easy that that you could see that going in, yeah. ravaging the prisons. So Dr. Brehan, uh, I won't say his last name, runs a ministry for Eritrean Christians out of London. He tells Voice of the Martyrs Canada that Eritrean leaders want to be worshipped, not simply obeyed. He must be from Eritrea. That's the only thing we can... He says, because as evangelicals, we see all Christians, the global worldwide church, all Christians are our brothers and sisters. And that makes it the Eritrean leaders insecure. They want to isolate their own people from the outside influence, he says. They want you to believe what they say over their TVs and radios. In Eritrea, there's only one TV station and one radio station. <laughs> And so they went after the local Orthodox Church as well. 
And uh, so at any rate, Eritrean Christians persevere in the face of um, oppression. And of course, this doctor who we're talking about spent time in a prison over in Eritrea. And he knows others as well. And he knows of the martyrs who have been killed for their faith in Jesus. And he talks about the martyrs. And he says, given a second chance, these martyrs would still make the same decision. And he says, because they wanted to die for the person who died for them. Jesus gave his life for our sake. It's the same as Christians in the New Testament, like Stephen when he was stoned. So, Father, we ask that you will protect, yes, uh, protect yes. and strengthen the Eritrean Christians. Yes, Make Lord. a way for them, Lord, and deliver them. Make a way, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Yes, amen. And with that, we're going to have to get ready to close out. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us whenever you do. We love you, and we sure do appreciate you and all that you do for the Lord. And please pray for your brethren around the world, and pray for us as we pray for you. And always look to the Lord in every situation. He's always there for you. He's never late, and he's never early. He's on time. And so we just want you to know that we love you and we pray for you we always hope the best for you in christ jesus stay safe good night everybody don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com danaglinsmith.com read the articles listen to the shows we have a lot of shows on there we've been doing this a long time a lot of great series and we have our long-running Isaiah series, which has been several years in the making. So check all these out. Check out my new book. It's been around for a while, The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller. And go on over to DanaGlennSmith.com. Check it out. Get yourself a copy. Read it. And then let us know what you thought. And be sure to take care of yourselves. Pray for America as well. Lord, we, we pray that this country will get healed. And we pray that all these issues would stop. But see, there's a big problem in America. And that is sin. And God judges sin. So until next time. Be safe. Take care of yourself. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and give you peace. And may his word light a path before your feet. Until next time. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.